Welcome to the Athletes Marathon Podcast, conversations that help people maximize their full potential by helping them understand that life is more like a marathon than it is a sprint. From former athletes, personal trainers, coaches, social media influencers, and entrepreneurs, talk about their journey on and off the field and how they maximize their talents once they hung up their cleats. And here's your host, Matt Joy. In this episode, I interviewed a student athlete from Gannon University that dealt with some off-the-field issues while playing football at Towson that forced him to transfer out. This guest is a great example of doubling down on your weaknesses and holding yourself accountable for your own personal mistakes and failures. He has changed his relationship with failure as he looks at these opportunities as areas for himself to grow. Without further ado, here's episode 43. Welcome to the Athletes Marathon Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Choi, and we're extremely lucky to have an awesome guest, Jay Sims. Jay's located right in Laurel, Maryland, and he's an entrepreneur and a model. Jay, how you doing today, man? I'm great. Just maximize my 24 hours a day. That's what I do every day. Got That's you. all it is. I love to hear it, man. Jay, obviously for you and me, it's like the one of the first times we actually got to connect, connect. Um, yep. So for my audience that doesn't really know who Jay Sims is, is can you give me a little origin story, background story about who you are? Background story. Okay. I'm originally born and raised from Maryland. Um, went to Reservoir High School in Laurel. Um, played football there. You know, grew up. Um, we'll probably get into the story, but uh, I went to Towson University end up transferring to Gannon University. That's a whole nother story I guess we're gonna get into, but uh, graduated in 2018 with my business, uh, my communications and uh, with a concentration of business. And now I'm into the real world and we're making things happen. <laughs> a lot of growth, a lot of growth has happened since since the beginning of college to here. So I'm excited to be on this with you and uh, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. 100% man, it's a pleasure to have you as a guest. And, and Jay, I mean, obviously, you know, you're an athlete, right? So, I mean, I guess even before, you know, your high school, college days, talk about yourself as a kid. Like, what kind of kid were you? Like, were you book smart? Were you entrepreneurial as hell as a young kid? Were you an athlete? Like, how was Jay as, as a young, young child? Well, starting it off, you know, um, there was a lot of experiences that I went through that kind of made me into who I am today. You know, as a kid, you know, my mom was working three jobs just to put on food, food on the table for me and my brother. And, you know, I don't really remember too much about that, but overall I was more of, I was actually, I was actually, I was smiling a lot, but I felt like I was more of a reserved. I was more uh -huh. reserved. You know, I was still emotional, still trying to figure out my next steps and where I was trying to go. And I was more reserved and, and most people wouldn't imagine that being me for the energy I have today. So definitely, definitely, definitely a crazy experience growing up, honestly. And I mean, dude, Jay, so you say you grow raised up by a single mother, right? Yeah. How do you think that has shaped you kind of like intangibles or things that you learned from her or just kind of seeing the work ethic? Like, I guess, like, what do you think that kind of stuck with that stuck with you now as you kind of get older and maybe reflect on it a little bit more? Oh, my God. My mom, you know, her being able to work those three jobs and understanding to put to to feed us before she fed, you know, before she fed herself. That 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 bread that 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 taught me so much about being selfless understanding that you need to give more than you take at the end of the day. It's not about you. And, and even that's how it was even me growing up to even coming up to being in high school. You know, they taught me, you know, my parents were definitely tough love, you know, but overall they taught me, you know, about self-respect and understanding people and for who they are and, and giving more than you take. So honestly, my mom's mentality and for how much she's instilled in me, the love and passion that I have within myself is why I am the way I am today. Right. And, and it's funny, because like, actually me and my brother, same kind of thing. Like my parents got split when I was young, um, three, four years old. I was living in New Jersey. And, um, you know, there's a chip on your shoulder when you don't have a father figure in your life all the time. And you're kind of getting raised by your mom. And similar story, like my mom worked two jobs. Um, same type of thing, right? Like kind of putting food on the table. You know, I always tell people like it was I was never like in the hood or in the streets. But like at the end of the day, my mom was always hustling to just make sure we left, had a, like a good uh situation for living right yeah, yeah, yeah. at times when you're a kid you don't really realize like what your mom or your parents are doing um did you ever feel any sense of like insecurity because you didn't have a father figure or like how did you cope with that feeling of like not having your dad you know in your day-to-day -day life I don't know if you're close with your dad or not but you, you know what I'm saying like how was it not having him in your household every day honestly I mean my stepdad filled that role pretty young for me mm -hmm. but it was more of that you know that stepdad and father relationship that my stepdad, you know, he was more, and yeah, he's always been the more tough love. Like I'm not your dad, but I can, I'll be the father figure. Right. So, you know, for, for, and, 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 and everyone talks about, you know, the struggles they've had with their dad and some people hold that 
dear to their heart. Yeah. And for me, I'm at peace with it now. You know, it's one of those things that, um, you know, he has to live, my, 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 my biological father has to live with himself now. You know, that's just something that he has to do. And at one day, I think I'm going to be at a point where I'll be able to fully talk to him and be able to, you know, have that forgiveness aspect of it. Because that's what it's about. I mean, I don't even take it as a struggle of mine anymore. Mm-hmm. It's, it, but it definitely, it definitely, I think it hurt my brother more than it hurt me because I didn't know my dad. Like, it was, I was young. Yeah. You know, and uh, and there was one story, long story short, um, I there was one uh, it was Easter. We we were late for Easter. And then my step and my, my stepdad was pissed, mm-hmm. pissed. Wait, and was your dad because your biological dad? No, no. My stepdad, my stepdad, okay. my stepdad was pissed. No, no, it wasn't because of him. Me and my brother, because we, me and my brother got drunk the night before. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so he, butt, man, was so. he was upset. He was upset. He was like. You two get in the car with me. And I said, we said, oh, damn. And he said, there's, there's a story. I remember watching two kids. My stepdad sings. I remember watching two kids wait for their father for hours on end, and he never came. Mm. Think of how your mom felt about you being late to Easter. It was something as simple as that. But my stepdad saying that to me was just unreal. It was, and I cried that whole way to church 20 minutes. But I tell you that because... That was something that I didn't even remember. And I think that's where a lot of my past, um, that's why I feel like an uh, imperfection of mine is my memory, maybe because of me trying to block a lot of things out that I don't want to remember. Right. So it shaped me into who I am today. I've turned into a strength. All my weaknesses have turned into strength. So it's definitely uh, it's definitely something I'm going to be at a forgiveness state at one point. 100%, man. I mean, dude, I'm, and, and reason I, like, the reason I start the podcast like that, Jay's, I mean, personally, I think, you know, the way kids grow up in the household, whether it's by your grandparents, your parents, stepmom, stepdad, adopted, whatever, however your situation, your circumstance, circumstance is like, I mean, I'm a, I'm a firm believer. Like that's like a big, big dictator on kind of who you become in a sense. Right. I mean, it's like living on some Gary Vee shit. It's like like empathy, self-awareness, like kindness, like pushing all that stuff on a kid. And like, if you don't have those qualities, because your parents are giving you negativity or pessimism or whatever it might be, it's gonna it's gonna turn you into who you are at 15, at 25, at 35. Those insecurities are gonna still build. Um, but it's, it's awesome to hear, dude. I mean, at the end of the day, dude, many people, right? Like everyone has shit going on in their life. But on some like literally, my, one of my guys, Goggins, it's literally about how Goggins. you approach it, right? Like how are you gonna take that negative or that failure? And like, how are you going to turn that into a positive and kind of like what you just said? And it's empowering to hear, man. I, I have mad respect for a lot of kids that got grown up by single moms just because I can resonate and I relate. And I'm sure like, especially moms, like if your mom and my mom connect, I guarantee they would probably <laughs> yeah. be like, yo, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Because like, they, they understand like what the struggle really is as a single mom and trying to play that role. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm not sure how it was growing up for you, you know, having, being an immigrant or just, just growing up in your household. But for mine... You know, my parents are very tough love. My parents did 99% of the things right. They always led by action. But there were, and I, my parents raised me the right way. Don't even get me wrong. A lot, put them through a lot. But they, they, their actions spoke louder than their words. And that's why I'm so expressive today. Because mm. my parents, that's the only thing if I said that I wish they would have done. I don't, I, don't, I don't regret nothing or wish nothing about the situation. But if they could have done one thing is, but I actually don't because it's made me into who I am today. Right. Like, I, I feel like because they, they gave me tough love and they didn't say I love you a lot. So that, that, that actually leaked into my next two relationships I had in college. And that's why I fiend for positive reinforcement and why I want to give so much because I didn't, it's not that they, they, they didn't give me that, but it wasn't said as much because my stepdad, you know, he, wouldn't, he didn't want to be the, he, he didn't, he didn't want to take the like fatherly role as yeah. in like saying, I love you, you're my son. So that's why I'm so expressive. That's why I, I, I think I definitely, I fiend for that positive reinforcement back. So that's what, mm-hmm. that's what shaped me hundred percent. So I don't know how it was for you. No, you know, I, mean, I, I, I mean, I think, I think all kids kind of feel like that. And I think, dude, honestly, kind of transition now, I think sports kind of provides that, right. It kind of gives you that positive reinforcement, especially if you can succeed in it. And dude, I was the same way. Like I didn't have that father figure. So what I, what did I look for? I look for mentors and coaches and that's kind of how I got that reinforcement, right? So now kind of even for you now, Jay, like talk about you kind of going through high school. Like 
what sports did you play? I know you ended up playing college football, but like, were you playing any other sports? Was football your main focus or kind of how was that? How was the high school uh, sports life? Man, high school sports life. I mean, I played, I played football all four years. I actually um, played basketball my, my sophomore year as well as my senior year. And then I played one year lacrosse, but um, yeah, no, definitely going into my senior season. I only started, I started four games at defensive end prior Mm-hmm. Like I, I wasn't anything. And then boom, I had to, you know, the only thing that changed was my mindset. You know, I gained maybe 15 pounds, but I had to become a leader on the team. Right. And that, that, and then they moved me to linebacker and it, and it just blew up from there. And honestly, once I got my scholarship, I, I gained a level of entitlement towards my parents and I already had some built up resentment and that positive reinforcement that I, that I was feeding for. I didn't go to my parents. My parents were the ones holding me accountable. I went to all my friends. Mm. I went to partying. I went to the people that my comfort level, because that's what, that's what I wanted. That's what I was seeking. And that messed up my relationship with my parents fully. Cause I was lying to them all the time, seeing where I was going and I would get grounded months at a time. And then the month I get out, guess what? Oh, we're going to party. Cool. <laughs> you know, dude's getting blacked out. So um, I got really entitled and um, my relationship at home was not the greatest. And I had to, and there was a specific period of time where I did have a family member um, because I was trying to go down to senior week. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm being very transparent through this, but I yeah. did have a family member. I'm not going to mention their name, but I had a family member catch me um, actually selling weed. <laughs> yeah. And this is, I just earned a scholarship because I, 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 I applied to like Taco Bell and like Subway and some reason I got denied. But um, what ended up happening was, is that, you know, I, I was trying to go down to senior week and um, my only option was to sell weed. So, and then I got caught. Yeah, for senior week, bro. I was risking a whole scholarship to Towson. (laughs) Towson, bro. To sell some weed. Mm -hmm. And sold an ounce, and that was that. But that that being said, I sold that, and I got caught by by my my said family member. And they made me, one one by one, put the weed in the toilet. One by one by one, and shred $200. Mm -hmm. I think that's illegal, but... (laughs) We're leaving it at that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure you learned your, did you learn your lesson at that point? A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I thought I did until I got to college, but that's, that's a whole other story with itself. So I had to, so once I got to college, it was just, I, 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 I mean, would get a lot. Free uh-huh. reign to do whatever you want. Oh my God. It was, <laughs> you don't even understand. I, I thought I was ready, but you know, it, going into that environment, you know, at Towson, there's a bunch, and you know this, you know, being at Monmouth, um, there's a bunch of different cultures. There's a bunch of different personalities. There's nothing yeah. different backgrounds that you have to get acclimated to. And um, I guess moving forward, um, you know, I, I wasn't. And I was, and I and guess what, my first three months at Towson, um, essentially, I was messing up. I was missing workouts. And then guess what? I went to my comfort zone, which were was my I joined a fraternity mm-hmm. and oh my God. And that was, that was a whole within itself, a whole nother experience um, that, you know, I can't even, I can't even explain. Like I would, I would literally get two hours of sleep at night. I would be, there was pledge process, yeah, you know? Yeah. Oh my, yeah. It was just a whole deal. And the first thing our coach told us to do was to not join a fraternity and not do any, uh, any intramural. Those are the first two things I did because all the dudes on all the dudes on the uh, football team were trying to hold me accountable for the actions and the mistakes that I was making. So I, 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 I didn't take that the right way again. And I went to my comfort zone and I just started pledging and I got, that was my first student conduct violation. Um, I'm not sure how, I mean, I can keep going, but yeah. no, I mean, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. Think, I mean, I like the rawness of it. I think, you know, for, I want you to think of it in this sense, like if a young kids listen to this and you know, they, they might be going through some similar struggles is like, I think hearing a story like this, like a redemption story is oh my God. dope to hear, right? And I mean, you don't have to spill every single detail, but like you can kind of go in depth in terms of like kind of the faults and, and kind of where the, the missteps happen and then kind of talking about the rise again at that point, you know? Okay, I understand. Yeah, and, and I think there's three things that I think I learned from, you know, from where, I'm, where I was at in college to where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. And that's the aspect of regret, number one. The number one thing that that I base a lot of my decisions off of is regret. Number two, no control over my life. 
I need to, I, I, I base my decisions. If, if this is going to have me be better in control of my life, then cool. And as well as time, because time is the only thing you can't get back. And it's the most valuable thing in this world mm -hmm. that you, you can, you can never, you can, you can, there's, there's nothing else. There's no, there's no other way to, to gain back the time that, that was had. So kind of fast forwarding it kind of through the story. Um, I got pledging my first semester. I got a student kind of violation second semester got a student comment and you know and you know being in the in the d1 like you get one mistake and it's yeah. usually after that it's i don't know how it was at monmouth and kids getting kicked out but uh you you can let how was it how was it there with that no i mean it's it's, it's common i mean uh keeping it a book like even for me I'm like saying. dude my first my literally dude me and like you know how it is so freshman year um you're getting on campus and like football players, you're there a month, all fall sports are there like a month and a half early before like school actually starts because yeah, you're in yeah, training yeah. camp. So it's pretty much all the fall athletes. So you have like the soccer team, girls and guys, um, you have football obviously, and then like field, whatever sports are in the fall. Um, but there was a mo there was a, we were in the dorm and it was like the, the first week of practice was done. We just got done with two days and we had a Sunday off and it was a Saturday night. And me and a couple of my roommates, we were in like a suite. So it had like, eight people in one dorm and it was like two people in each room. So you shared a bathroom, you shared, you shared a bathroom, a common area. Um, but then on Saturday night, like, like we, we drank a little bit. So like we had some beers, there was a couple bottles and the RA ended up pulling up into our dorm that night because there was music and so-called too many people in the dorm. So they knock on the door and there's beers out, there's some liquor out and most of the people are underage. And now this is like, most of the freshmen, like there was at least yeah. 10 freshmen in there and a yeah. couple sophomores. So ultimately that first week, like a couple of us got cited. Like, and it wasn't like coaches also knew like, dude, the, the dope thing at Monmouth is that coaches knew a lot of the coaches were former players at Monmouth. So like they understood like, you know, that's kind of what happens like when, when kid, young kids especially have a day off, they want to take advantage of it. And we were just being foolish and stupid about it. And no one got kicked off the team for a, an alcohol citation. Right? I mean, it's like – Mom yeah. didn't go that low for that to be a kicked out thing. I've had other teammates get kicked out for, you know, having BB guns and pretending that to be an actual gun, which is so stupid if you think about just the living in the 20th century and how people perceive <laughs> weapons, especially at yeah. Monmouth, which is a 70% predominantly white school. White, and yeah. like, bruh, you know, you and I both know football, basketball, like typically African-American. So it's like that, that look is just not good for nobody. Especially no. at a white school. So um, to answer your question, yes, I mean, there's definitely a level of accountability and self-discipline that as a student athlete, you're held to. But ultimately, like you and I both know that everyone makes mistakes. As a human, it's in our nature to, to mess up. But how you respond from that failure, that mistake is kind of what determines who you become. And that's kind of your story in a, in a nutshell, in a sense, right? So um, to answer your question, yes, like there have, I've been in a situation where I got in trouble and I've had yeah. teammates that have done stupider shit that actually did get them kicked out. Luckily, I didn't get kicked out. Yeah, and that's and it's all about how you react to the situations at hand. 100%. Which I didn't. I didn't get this mindset until you know after I was um, graduated and to kind of where I'm at now. And to kind of getting back to my redshirt season, um, going into that second semester, I got another student kind of violation. And after the second one, it's usually the first one's like a slap in the wrist, and then the second one. I mean, bro, I, I was trying to get with this girl. I was trying to get with an RA. Mm. I was trying to get with an RA, and she invited me out to her room. And, bro, and I'm going to be very vulnerable with my story because I think if I had to do another, I guess, three things that's coming to mind, um, vulnerability, I believe, breeds self-awareness, which inadvertently makes you not give a fuck about anybody else's opinion of you. Yeah. So I think those three things are like the biggest keys to being successful. I mean, obviously discipline and, uh, you know, emotional awareness, all that. But uh, so essentially, not, not to get too detailed, but I was gone. And I ended up like throwing up, like almost like, like <laughs> oh my God, I ended up like sh shitting myself. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. In the RA's room. <laughs> oh I was like throwing God. up, throwing up in the bath. I was like, I was like, it was like, simultaneously and then i like ran through the sweet mate's room and then i was i'm i the last thing i remember was going up to the elevator and someone what's that smell next thing you know next morning my boy throws away 
all of my pants with my phone, my, my, my wallet, everything in it, and always knocking on my door. And I'm like, what is going on? And then, and then of course, you know, I got the violation and then I had to, I sat down with my head coach and my head coach was like, did you really, did you really do this? Mm. And I was like, yeah. And I, at this point I was like, when I sat down with him, I was like, I'm losing my scholarship. Yeah. And he was like, nah, he was like, I believe in you and for what's to come. And I'm, and I'm keeping Ambrose. Ambrose. Yeah. I believe in you for what's to come. And I'm, I'm linebacker. I'm like, I'm 190 at this point. I've been messing up, uh -huh. been messing up, but I've been on scout team playing against Terrence West, Darius Victor. You yeah. know, we were national champions. You know what I'm saying? That was a whole experience in itself, brother. Right. That was, I mean, we were national champions. We were runner up. We lost in the national championship to, um, to um, North, North Dakota. Yeah. Um, uh, or South Dakota. I'm, I'm tripping. Is it? I'm tripping. I think it's North Dakota. The North Dakota. Mexico. Yeah. North Dakota. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why that just drew a blank, but, uh, that whole week was great. But um, usually after the second term of you get in trouble, you get kicked out. But, uh, you know, he showed some grace. And the next season coming up, I ended up starting nine games, being Jerry Rice a win award finalist. And uh, and I was still messing up during that time. <laughs> Man, let me tell you. Oh, my God. I got another. What happened? I got another violation. God, wait. So, time out. So, reflecting on this we're rewinding we're running not even rewinding but like all right so you, you saw the success in the field like was the maturation as you as jay as the person not still not happening or like i guess why was there like this comeback and then now you're taking another step back like i i think like maybe think about it more for yourself like i guess what wasn't clicking so it was more of a thing like um, you know, that spring semester, it was, it, it was after I pledged and, you know, going to the parties and be like, yo, Sims, and I'll be in the parties and I'd be like that dude. So, but going into that season, I had to disassociate from the fraternity dudes and I had to get on my own grind and I had to understand that not that they were bad for me. They just had different priorities. They had different, uh, but I, I love being around them. They, they're the ones that give me positive enforcement. These on the team are holding me accountable this whole time. And I didn't realize those are the people that care for, the, for me the most. And I only connect, I connected with dudes on the team, but it wasn't anything like the fraternity dude. So I remember we went up to uh, JMU. This is when I got in trouble again. Went up to JMU. We lost 64 to zero. Oh my God. Bro, waxed. Uh huh. Waxed. Like done. It was something. It was, I think it, that was the number. We lost. Uh, it was sick. It was, um, and I was like, yo, and I was being disciplined with all, everything else. I was like, yo, I was like, fuck this. I was like, yo, I'm going out. Well, the fraternity dudes came back and um, um, ended up getting another violation because I was trying my one of my long story short, one of my friends ended up getting really drunk and then the ambulance ended up coming. But and then I ended up trying to like swim move past the cops and it was just like, <laughs> yeah. hey, oh my God, it was insane. I was like, what next morning? You know, what's crazy is. Then that's the third one. My mom ended up calling Ambrose being like, being like, please, please, whatever you do, don't like, please don't, 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 don't kick off my son. Like I'll do anything. If you can just show some grace and understand that, that he's a good hearted kid. And, and Ambrose was like, we know. And they kept me, <laughs> they kept me even after the third violation. There's been times when kids got kicked off after the first one. Right. And that's only because of where my heart, and where I guess my mindset and who I was at that point in time, they knew they saw it within me. And I was balling, bro. I was balling. So you know if you're balling. You obviously, know. yeah, on the field, the potential that yeah. So I mean they didn't obviously want to waste that. So yeah. I guess what was the final straw then at Towson? Because you ended up leaving. So what what kind of pushed it over that where whether it was Ambrose or your what however it was, what what kind of took it over the edge? So what happened was is going into that next season, I ended up tearing my meniscus. Mm. Um going into spring so and then i'm i i i was devastated bro because i was like yo i can't miss anything but they end up just taking out my meniscus cool three weeks later came back um against stony brook running down on kickoff running down on kickoff i cut huh tore my acl meniscus in my right knee opposite. and on my opposite knee oh. and had to get repaired acl and meniscus surgery and i just bro i just spiraled back down bro i yeah. spiraled back down into you know drinking again partying again getting around that, that environment because the, when you get hurt, bro, you, I mean, let's, let's be honest. You don't get treated the same. You just yeah, don't. And you, yeah. and you, you, but you can choose to how you want to handle it. 
and I handled it the complete, I disassociated. I started partying a lot more. And what ended up happening was, is that, that uh, next summer coming up, this, this is, this was crazy, bro. I ended up going out, um, getting, it was like a Tuesday night and went out with like the volleyball team, um, ended up getting trashed. And of course, me trying to come back on campus, I was trying to get with the girl. <laughs> trying to get with the girl, I was black. And this is what happened. So I don't remember this. And the, it, the scariest thing is seeing yourself on a video that you have no recollection of you doing. Right. And you seeing, and to kind of, like a slight fast forward to the story, like the cops showing you this video. Yeah. And you're like, who is that? Yeah. So no one liked getting signed in on campus. So I, I went, so, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no one, yeah, okay, good. I'm happy you, I'm ha whenever I, tell, I feel like I tell the story, people don't relate to that, but no one liked to get signed in on campus. So everyone went to the back window. So that was it. And all the football players lived in the basement. So what happened was I went to the back window and you see me rip off the screen. For whatever reason, I'm like thinking like that's like, yeah, I'm gonna get in this way. Like this is the right window. Open the window, I got a fourth degree burglary charge. Had an altercation, had an altercation with one of the they were like student assistants, so they're working for uh the school, but I had an altercation with one of the kids, I got a second degree assault. And then I went to the next window, ripped the went ripped the the the, the screen off, opened the window, got a fourth degree burglary charge, pushed the kid out the way, got a second degree assault. And I turned around and then and in court, they said this word for word. They said, I said, I don't remember this. They said, y'all some bitch ass freshmen. Why aren't you guys, why aren't you, why aren't you guys let me in or some of like that? And essentially they're like, nah, we're student, we're student assist. Like we just, we, we work here. And I was like, and you, you can hear me reconcile. You can hear me being like, oh, I'm sorry. I try to give them my number on the statement of facts. You see, I gave them the wrong number because I was just blacked out. And then, uh, um, what happened was they, they followed me all the way back to back home and I worked on campus at this point in time. Uh -huh. So, um, the next day, my boy, wake up, my boy's like, yo, did you make it home? Okay. I was like, what are you talking about? He was like, we just came home. He was like, nah, like you went to Newell. And I was like, what? I thought it was like a dream or something. Like it was vaguely there. So I worked on campus. I worked in the building right next to it. Uh -huh. So what happened was, is I went back to apologize to knock on the door. I heard some ruffling. Went back to work. They didn't answer. Next thing you know, I see two cops coming down the hallway. I'm like, oh, what is it? You know, what is it? Yeah, Next thing you know, like, you, you come here. It was a wrap. Six Towson police cops came out of nowhere. They arrested me. I was, I mean, obviously, I was crying. I'm emotional, dude. <laughs> obviously, I mean, at this point, I knew that that was the last straw. And I knew I lost my scholarship at this point. And um, my parents, I spent 36 hours in jail. Um, and my parents ended up bailing me out and you know it was kind of crazy because my i told my parents a story while i got to, was in the car my stepdad actually laughed because it was such a stupid story he was just like what are you doing but in inadvertently they had my back and to kind of wrap it all up um i remember there was a month-long period of time where i didn't do anything i lived with four three other dudes on the football team uh -huh. all we were working waking up working and then we would work out for two hours and we'd run for two hours I, and I, they would, they would leave in the morning and come back and I would just be there. I was depressed in my room for a month. I remember there was one point in time, bro. This, this is what changed it for me. This is the aspect of regret that changed it all for me of why, and why Gary V really hits me home. Like it's giving me chills. Like, because I remember waking up after that month long period, walking to my bathroom, looking at myself, I was like one, I lost like 20, 25 pounds at this point, mm -hmm. 180. Like, and I instantly, bro, I, I, I started bawling, crying. And I said, no more. I said, I would never feel like this again. I, I was taking the bus to the gym twice a day. I put on 20 pounds and then sent out my highlight tape and got a scholarship to Gannon University. And to kind of breeze through that, um, you know, graduated in 2018 with my communication and business degree. And now we're here. <laughs> crazy that is that i mean dude it's hell of a story man i mean quickly again in any issues off the field so this is what happened is my first year there i was actually ineligible okay i was ineligible for a whole year because i left towson in bad standing so i had to go back humbling you talk about humbling go play i mean yo at this point i was i mean i was kind of humble but i was like i gotta play scout team for a whole year 
on a D2's team for me to come play next year, like I'm, D, I'm, D, I'm D1, I'm D1, you know? I mean, I, that's just, I mean, I never expressed that. I never, that's what was going on in my head. I, I always, I've always been humble, but I bet, you know, the next year I, I balled out on scout team, boom. The, then the year afterwards I started, you know, had a decent season, um, like okay season. I wasn't happy with it, um, but then they were trying to transition me to DB. So my last season at Gannon, I ended up two, two months. I was working out two months before training camp. There's a 30% chance for you to retail your meniscus. I retore my meniscus in my right knee and had to get surgery. Bro, I, oh, my God. And they were about to switch me to DB, and I was about to, about to that, was, that was a transition. I remember the first day at camp, I was balling. Like, mm-hmm. returning kicks, they were trying to put me at tight end. Like, they, they were like, yo, I was doing it. Uh-huh. Next thing you know, the next day, it swells up. I'm gone for the whole next week, and I come back. And ever since then, you know, I had number one at this point. You know, I'm, I'm you know, Towson D1. You know, yeah. like, yo, let's yeah. go. And that being said, I finished average in every aspect at Gannon. And not only that, you know, my ex-girlfriend at that point in time, you know, she had a lot of accolades, and we're doing long distance. And, um, you know, she was she had three degrees, you know, she uh, – she was at Towson and she was, she was, um, an all Ray, you know, cheerleader. She had a lot of accolades. So she was mm-hmm. trying to push me to find my next passion and, and what I wanted. But, um, that put a lot of pressure on, uh, good pressure on me to find the yeah. next thing. So, and I thought my degree in communications, I wasn't going to get the return on my investment that I wanted. So I was my last, last year there, I was just depressed. I was like, what am I going to do next? And you, I, I'd love to get your perspective on how you felt after, um, you graduated and that, refinding yourself like who is Matt Choi like and I had to do that you know so I'm, I'm wondering how that was for you honestly. yeah I mean dude I mean dude football has been part of my identity I think as as athletes we all everybody have that. yeah everyone right it's like you know whether you go to the NFL or you stop playing after college or even high school a lot of people lose or they feel like they lose who they are because you gotta think you post on social media you're a football player like that's like who you identify yourself as right and um, to answer your question, I mean, dude, I felt the same way. I didn't go back for my fifth year at Monmouth. I had a fifth what? year eligibility. And I didn't go back because I had a lot of issues with positional coach, even our head coach. And I didn't, I wanted, I was looking to transfer, but I wanted to transfer out of one double A school because I had a fifth year and I wouldn't have to sit out. And I didn't really get much interest back. So at that point, because even my senior year, I started my senior year, but I didn't put up crazy numbers. Like I was kind of like our third option at receivers. I was a solid player, but like I wasn't getting like, the targets like an ex, like a number one receiver was getting, right? So mm-hmm. it's one of those things that mentally, I think because of my circumstance at Monmouth, it made like even that way, as I look back at this and like this is how I know I've matured because the way that I then the way that I approached college football was different than high school. Because in high school I was at a very dominant school. The culture, the environment was a winning environment. Like we won like 10 games every single year. We're competing for state championships every single year. There's a level of excellence that our high school breeded if you're a freshman or a senior, right? At Monmouth, we were 500 a lot of my time there. The seniors always had this shitty-ass attitude of, like, our head coach is trash, he's old as shit, X, Y, and Z, our stadium doesn't get filled up. Like, all the shit that people kind of complain about as a student athlete because you're not playing at the 1A level, um, it kind of, like, created this, this toxic environment with even in our own locker room. So for me... I started realizing, dude, Jay, I was like, I wasn't a cancer on our team, but I also wasn't speaking positively about every little situation. Like I would be yeah. like, I'd be thinking like, I would never like come in and, and like bitch about our, my position coach, but in the back burner or even in the locker room or as like receivers are just like kind of chilling kickback. And like, we'd always be just saying like, yo, why does coach do this? Or why does coach, Cal do? you know what I'm saying? Like, everyone's kind of talking their their own shit because everyone's frustrated in, in, in their own right, right? And whether you whether it's deserving or not, I didn't approach that as a man, as a student athlete, the best way I can. And like, as I look back on it now, and as I tell younger athletes, it's like, dude, the receiver position specifically, you know, it's kind of known to be a prima donna position in a sense, or a, a position where, um, you know, you're kind of, you have more limelight and personality. So you want the ball. You're going to kind of be outspoken in a sense. So um, there, there was some friction with me and my own coaches. And I never really experienced that even throughout high school. 
because I guess when you are uh, one of the better players on a team, you kind of get more beloved in a sense. So um, to answer your question full circle, I got into corporate America. I'm writing notes. I write write notes. No, go for it, bro. Go for it. Um, But right after I graduated, I found a corporate America job. Um, I was working with this company called Stericycle. And basically my position was like a manager in training. And the reason I chose this type of job was basically what they were going to have us do, Jay, is experience every single facet of the business so that we can kind of taste and see what we wanted to do, right? Like whether it was management, whether it was operations, whether it was sales, it kind of gave us this level playing field of like, all right, you guys are going to get paid a salary and you're going to experience X, Y, and Z. And basically after the end of a year and a half, two years, you're going to get an opportunity to basically kind of fill, fill the void that you want. Like if you want to go the sales route, commission plus your, your salary, good. If you want to go management route, you know, just salary X, Y, and Z. Um, but as I was working there, I started realizing like, and at this point, Jay, I started kind of doing more self-education because dude, I'll tell you mm-hmm. all the fucking time. I've mm-hmm. read more books post-college than I have throughout high school and college. And like <laughs> that, that self-education aspect, most people never ever really tap into. There's a stat like 60% of college graduates never read another book cover to cover after they get their degree. Like if you think about that really quick, almost two thirds of the United States, which is so-called in many, in many people's eyes, the greatest country, do not educate themselves further after they earn their degree. So if you think about that, what does that mean? Most people get very comfortable doing what they're doing. They go work their job that pays them 80K, 100K, and they get very comfortable working nine to five. And I started seeing myself and I'm like, I remember my, my uncle always told me, he said, when, whenever you're in an organization or a business or whatever you're doing, there should be someone within that organization that's five or 10 years older than you. And you're looking at them because you're looking up to them in a sense and you want to be in their shoes. There was no one in my direct company, even at my certain, my branch in Columbia that I wanted to be like, I didn't want to be like none of them. Like I, and I knew that so quickly because of their own mentality and even how they approached work and like how shitty they really realized that their job was in a sense. So starting in March, I left my job and I started the athletes marathon, which is my brand. And I basically used that experience of tasting, tasting sales, tasting management, tasting operations to realize that that corporate shit at least for that business was not for me. And then I just started my own brand. I got into personal training and then like literally from there it kicked off. And, you know, I've been doing this almost two years now and it's, look, I haven't made it in any sense of the word, but for me, I've found my own success of being happy every fucking day when I wake up and enjoying what I do and getting to help and add value to people that associate with me and also my clientele, my business. Um, and even guys like you that, that dude, this is the first time me and Jay have ever really FaceTime talk in a sense, right? We've talked over the phone, but like the opportunity to, to get on a podcast or to interview people and to do the things I've been able to do. Um, it's rewarding as hell for me. And I found my new identity. And like, I always bring up this Kevin Hart thing because he was on Joe Rogan's podcast and he talks about, you know, your life is a book. How do you want your book to look when you die? Each chapter you are developing, you're progressing, you're getting, you're maturing and you know, every chapter looks different. Your chapters at Towson look totally different than your chapter now as an entrepreneur, as a model. And the lessons you learned from that chapter, and it was probably chapter 18, 19, you're going to remember and, and learn from those mistakes. And what I'm trying to do now is how, how awesome of a book can I make, right, Jay? And like, that's kind of how I think about life and how mm. I approach my day to day. And that could, and, and for me, Jay, it's not even making millions of dollars. It's, it's more like how much impact can I make? How much enjoyment and fulfillment can I personally get? Um, but that's kind of how I made that transition. And trust me, dude, it's not easy. When I was working corporate, I hated it, but I also understood like in my head, I was like, I I had such FOMO, bro, because I was thinking like, yo, there was only three other guys in my graduating class that went back for their fifth year. And the the year I left after Monmouth, that would, they had a dope ass year. The stadium got they won fucking nine games that year. I'm I'm sitting there in, in corporate in the seat I'm sitting now, I was on my phone looking through stories and like guys, they're, they're winning week to week. I'm fucking like, I, so much love for them. So much, you know what I'm saying? So much love for the progression that they made as no, no, fact, and as players. But selfishly for me, I'm like, damn, bro. Like a part of me was burning inside because I'm like, I wanted to be out there. You know, I had so much, so many of my boys that were still there and like that FOMO hit me hard. But then to your point, I started putting different shit in my ears Gary B specifically, 
And I just started getting that regret, getting that FOMO out of my system, bro. And it, all that, like, kind of that, that, that feeling of FOMO left. And then literally it just turned into love for them. And it turned into love for myself in the sense of moving on, bro. That chapter was done. Like, there, there's no going back at this point. So there's no point in me reflecting and regretting that decision. And I learned a lot after I left college. And I think I needed that. Like, I feel like God was like, you know what, Matt? Like, this has been your identity, but I have something different for you set up. So it, it, it's, it was time for you to close that chapter in a sense. And um, no regret, bro. Like, and honestly, no. I, I wish I went back for in that moment I did. But now I kind of look at it. I'm like, mentally, how, I'm, how I think now has changed drastically. I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't have gotten there as quick if I didn't leave that year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, and it's and it's crazy to think because that's how I felt when I was at New Day. I worked at a mortgage company for four or five months, and um, uh, to kind of breeze through that, it's it was a great experience, right? But you realize, you know, taking people eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve hours through their loan process, breathing through circulated air, may not give you the return on the investment that you may want and need. And you realize you, and and yo, respect all them there. Yo, they're grinding, they work, 60K, no cap. Yo, people making money. Right. But you realize, like we talked about, the most, the most valuable currency is, the, is what you bring to other people. Mm-hmm. It's not about you at the end of the day. And I, I'm happy I got fired there. I failed the test twice. I failed the mm-hmm. test twice and I said, Thank-. I remember I made a story, right? I made a story. I made a story, I was like, yo, I got fired. I don't know why I got fired, but this needed to happen. I got the most most like I guess attention and and replies because it was so vulnerable and people people and I knew it I believed in myself like where you were at when you lost when when you didn't get your fifth year that's how I was at when 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 I was leaving you know New Day it was like what what do I have next but I know this was meant to happen for whatever reason mm-hmm. something great's coming behind this you know it does you don't know the answers all right now yeah. but they're coming they're there they're there you just got to be you're, you're early in the process you just got to be patient and then boom got a modeling contract. And then boom, I mean, we're fine. We're, and I just earned, um, and that's what we talked about, you know, you, you getting around like a, a mentor and people that are five and 10 years above you, yep. or just someone that can, that can lead the way. Yep. And that's why I just earned this partnership and mentorship. And I finally got myself around some hungry ambitious men and women of integrity. And, and it was like, I finally got the opportunity now to be able to set goals again and, and be around a team environment. And my mentor, he's about to retire at the age of 22. Mm-hmm. And so I've been just learning from him and I've grown so much within my self image, not only because the books and podcasts I listen to, but the people I'm associating with. Yep. Those are the two most important things you'll ever get. And I think that's the mindset that we've got now. And it, and it triggered and we turned all of our struggles into strengths. We turned all of our struggles into strengths and we, we needed every single moment to happen for whatever reason to get to where we're at now. That's, that's real, bro. And I, I literally do to that point. I tell people all the time, like, bro, losing friends, Losing people, childhood friends that were that were from your quote unquote, you know, when you're wearing when you're wearing diapers or when you're in your sandbox or whatever you call it, like it's not a bad thing to to separate from those people. Just because you've known them since you were three or four, that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to be a part of their circle forever. And it's not saying that you need to just ditch your friends, but if they're not providing you the right mentality or the right reinforcement positively, then slowly but surely you need to start separating yourself if you don't want to do that because you're uncomfortable stepping out of that comfort zone of who you know right because if you're an introverted person and you don't really want to go find new circles and you're always going to be comfortable there but if they're not providing you like some type of positivity i feel like just separating yourself is not the worst thing and many people are scared to do that because you gotta think who wants to be the, the, the guy that's like looking for a brand new friends all the time but to your point if you find the right mentors and the right like the right people just in general, like sometimes that's the snowball effect to kind of get you into the right direction or get you your foot in the door of an opportunity that you're looking for. And I think a lot of younger people, like they get scared in that because it's comfortability. Oh, like, but dude, I've, I've known this person since I was five. Like they could never do me wrong. It's not that they're going to do you wrong. And just because you don't hang out with someone as much as you used to, it doesn't mean that you don't have love for them. You can right. still have love for them, but you also understand that they're not the person that's, that's giving you the right, feedback that you need or they're not giving you the right motivation the encouragement that you need so i think for anyone listening to this especially if you're younger like don't get out of that high school mentality like everyone wants to be cool as shit in high school right i get that but like the quicker you realize that you're not living in high school anymore the quicker you realize that you've got to live your life for yourself like you can't live your life for validation for anyone else because if you do 
there nothing will ever fill you enough. It's never going to be enough. Like the outs, like the strangers, the dates, like X, Y, and Z, like no matter who it is, if you don't love yourself, you're never going to feel that it's never going to be enough to get filled by someone else. And I, I tell people, like, I tell my family that people that my own friends, like it's, it's one of those things where, and this is why I love Goggins so much is because once you control the voice that's happening in your own mind, it becomes much easier to, to, to focus on business and to focus on relationships and X, Y, and Z. Right. It's, it's like, it's that simple concept. like, love yourself before you can love someone else. Mm-hmm. And many people go backwards on that. They, they try to find a relationship to fix them, but that shit will never fix you because you're broken already for yourself. And that's just real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that it is a struggle for many people. And that's, and that's where this, that's what this is a pendant. And I got it from Amazon and it means self-discipline is the greatest form of, of self-respect, mm-hmm. which will breed self-love in the long term. And that's what I believe in fully. And for people that we're listening to, to add on to what you're saying, is you got to be able to differentiate between opinion and advice from whoever you're around, period. Like, it doesn't matter if your mom, your brother, your friend, whoever it is, you have to understand it doesn't matter. Family's not always blood. I'm not family. Family can, can, can give you the, the, result, the, 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 the things you need, but family can be friends outside of that is what I'm trying to say. And you got to be able to, and you will, you will attract who you are yep. and that's, and to, and for who you are is the most, most authentic you that you can be is what is going to breed you the energy and the people around you. And that's what I had to learn. You know, I had to turn all my weaknesses that I had into my strengths. You know, people mm-hmm. calling me a fuck boy, people saying I'm not the smartest or, or whatever, what, you know, like I, I, I understand I'm not the smartest dude. But that's no, that's not to be edified myself. Right. <laughs> that's to say, that's to say, all right, what, what can I do to find? And I define that within myself because that's been something that has been um, told to me and conditioned to me since I was little. I did, I define that thing to say to myself, I am wise, I am creative, and I have emotional intelligence. And people fuck with that. People love that. Yeah. People, people, and 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 oh, like like you said, like you um um, likability is credibility. Yeah. 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 Yeah, like the podcast. It could turn into it. Yeah, it could turn. Like ability can turn into credibility. Mm. And it's just it's such a powerful thing to know who you. Well, I'm not saying I know fully who I am. There's so much growth always happening. But for for what's to come, there's so much more. We're not even scraping the surface yet. We're just getting started. That's right. I mean, dude, have you heard? You heard of Tim Grover? Tim Grover? No. Yeah. No. He's uh. You should write this down. Get this book. It's called Relentless. And Tim Grover is a, is a, is a sports performance trainer. He trained Michael Jordan, uh, what's it called? Dwayne Wade, Kobe Bryant, um, Charles Barkley. It's like some stud basketball players, but, um, literally exactly what you said, bro. Feedback and criticism is the same thing. It just depends on how you hear it, how you fucking hear it. Right. Like you look at the problem a hundred percent. Right. And like, I, dude, I read that book over quarantine. Jay, I highly recommend it. That and the book can't hurt me. Two of my favorites that, I, you know, single-handedly, I think the David Goggins book legitimately changed my oh, life. Man. Right that one, yeah. Dude, Can't Hurt Me by Goggins. I mean, that ultimately, I, I told my brother this the other day, like, legitimately that Goggins and his story ultimately has changed the, my perception of, of mental toughness, of mental fortitude, of, of, of what the body and mind can actually do when you sync those together, especially when you put the mind first. People think like they people always tell me like yo man like you work out all the effing time like yo how do you how do you work out how do you stay disciplined all that dude for me half the time when I go run that shit is not for the physical like I like I tell people all the time like literally my mind where it goes when I go running goes so deep in terms of business in terms of self worth self awareness for myself about what I could do better what I can what I am doing well what you know things I'm looking forward to goals that I have or ideas they start getting created because yo. There's never more of a time for you to t- talk to your own voice when you're going on a long ass run, bro. I mean, there's mm. no one else out there. You could put your music on, but at the end of the day, there's a voice that's having that's happening in your own mind. Um, and I tell people all the time, like, dude, I go running for my own mental. It ain't. It, it has nothing to do with the physical. Obviously, it comes with that, but yeah. what's happening first is sharpening the mind. And people always like they 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 wonder why I even say that. And I didn't really understand that until you know I started reading Goggins and and, and kind of looking into more about how he became who he is today. Ultimately, no one needs to do exactly what Goggins does. But what I tell people is understand that you're not maximizing your full potential. 
there's there's something more you could be doing and it doesn't even have to be fitness related it could be literally in your work it could be in yourself it could be in your relationships people don't fully tap into their max potential and like my biggest goal or one of my goals is to to fully squeeze the shit out of my life and i compare it to a lemon right like if you're putting water if you're putting a lime or lemon in your water like why just squeeze a little bit like I mean, yo, Jay, i'm talking you know what i'm saying like yo if i have a lime i'm squeezing all the juices out like and like that's kind of how i treat how i approach life in a sense like i want to squeeze out every single ounce of my ability and whether i reach it or not jay it's on me like when i ran that four by four by 48 i t- like saw that there was no trophy for me at the end of it like i was it, i was so grateful that people came out and ran with me but i expected none of that like i would have been content doing it on my own but the fact that like i was able to help or people saw that they wanted to help me out it was so dope you know what i'm saying but like there was no trophy there was no prize money at the end of that like that type of shit is like you're doing it for yourself ultimately and it's the same way people do yoga the same reason people meditate and you just got to figure out how you want to work on yourself and that's ultimately what it comes down to, to, to kind of figure out that self-awareness aspect, at least. Yeah. And that's what Goggins talks about is going beyond suffering, right? Is going beyond that aspect of your mind, because your mind is, is always playing games and tricks with you. And I can remember, bro, during quarantine, um, we, J&J, we ran, we ran a three, we ran a hundred miles within the month of um, May. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was, I was bullshitting on it. I was bullshit. Actually, no, no, I missed. Actually, I wasn't bullshit. I did like 12 or 13 days straight and I missed the day. And then I was kind of waking up with Instacart. I was kind of waking up whenever time I want. And I was just kind of, I missed the day. And this was, um, you know, a lot was going on at this point in time. And I was like, what am I doing? I remember I missed that day. And I was like, no, no more. Like, I'm going to, this is going to happen. I, bro, I went to Reservoir's track and I ran 34 miles and had Goggins, Goggins, in my ear the whole time uh-huh. the whole time beautiful <laughs> it was nothing like that and i and i told myself i'm running the rest of this until i can't until i know i can't and my yeah. knees were cooked my feet were bleeding like on yep. some goggins yep. <laughs> i mean it was 34 miles that's I a mean, lot bro yeah it was a lot and i on my knees bro the last two miles i was still running like like it was like up to like the 25 mile mark i was still running eight nine ten mile mile marks it was cool i was i was doing good until the last like two miles I was like dragging my feet. I couldn't move my knees. It was like, it was, bro, it was dark. It was dark. There was nobody out there. Uh-huh. But I needed to do that for myself to see how far I was like, if I look at myself when I'm 72, how, what am I going to be thinking about what Jade's doing in this moment? That's I'm going to maximize this shit to my full, full potential. And that inner voice we're talking about, that, you know, that, you know, and, and you start talking to yourself, right? You start talking to yourself and that inner voice that self-doubt, it's always coming from an outside source. It's never coming from you. Anytime you think, anytime you think um, you can't do something, it's probably because someone told you yeah. that you couldn't do it in the first place. Or they couldn't do it. And now or they couldn't do it. They looked in the mirror. They looked in the mirror. And they're like, oh, Jay, you, you're going to try 34 miles? No way. No way. I was going for 100, bro. I was like, yo, I'm going. That's why you have set your, you hit, you hit what you aim for, bro. You set the bar high. Oh, and yeah. and if you and if you get lower than that, guess what? Uh, it's it's way higher frequency than you were at. But a lot of people they look at that mirror and uh, they 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 that's why they tell you you can't do something. So definitely squeezing that lemon. We're squeezing bro, that lemon, brother. You're gonna yo get the get the Goggins book, bro. Because a lot of the shit you're talking about, you're gonna resonate with it, bro. I'm telling you. Okay. You're gonna enjoy it. Um, Jay, one of the last things I got for you is what piece of advice. If you could take yourself back to high school, student athlete again, if you were talking in front of young student athletes right now, what would you give them? Like, what piece of advice would you give them from your experience? Um, a multitude? I can go in right now. I, I Number one. No, no. Number one, it's not about you. You have to know your why internally and externally, whatever that may be. My internally is having PhD in positivity. Externally, my mom's still working. My parents are still working. That's what gets me up in the morning to do what I need to do. You need to understand your why and why you do what your actions is every day, why you get up. And if you, because if you don't, you're, you're going to be lost. Mm-hmm. And to understand, to embrace the struggle and pain in your life and, and, and to understand that you don't, don't be, don't, don't, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm this kind of things going through my mind. Don't, don't be average. You, you, you like, yo, like there's too many people at the bottom. 
there's too many the bottom's crowded bro the bottom is crowded and you you can be a part of that you can make a difference or you can be like the majority and just go through your life like that and understanding yo like you choose your attitude every day yeah 100 percent. you choose your attitude every day and 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 like we were talking about earlier it's about how you react to things and um don't think about too much of, of the past or or too much of the future just understand trying to be current in the moment that you're in and and embracing that and and all in all the number one goal where your legacy should be and where it is for me is to give more than you take period mm, i like that i like that dude i think i mean dude that resonates a lot man and you know if you're a young kid listening like you know maybe one or two of those things you can start trying to input into your own life right because you know, Jay just put out a ton of good, good information right there. But like, don't tackle all four of those things at once. Yeah, no, no, I, I, right? I, yeah, I know you said one. hundred percent. I feel you, bro. But yeah, I mean, if you're a young person, listen, like, take one of those things, right, and and start slowly but surely adding those small habits to your life, and you'll start seeing that snowball effect. But, um, but Jay, I think that 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 resonates. It hits home for a lot of people, I'm sure. Um, and next thing we're gonna do here, Jay, we're gonna transition. It's, it's this is the hot takes part. So. You know, I know we've been getting deep. It, it, it's been, you know, I'm you've been person, vulnerable as hell in this, yes, yeah. which I, I appreciate. But it, it'll get it into a little bit lighter of a mood here. Okay. Now. Cool, 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 um, cool. First question I got <laughs> is, what is your favorite book? My favorite book is called The Slight Edge. The Slight called, Edge. Slight Edge. Um, I think that's I'm, the I'm, first time someone's mentioned that on the show. Yes, I'm, I'm blanking on the author, but it's, it talks about your daily disciplines and your why and the actions behind those and just doing the simple daily disciplines every day, the slight edge that you already implement every day, bro. That's a little, I mean, I'm still, I'm like midway through. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something I'm trying to be more disciplined with is reading, you know, cause mm -hmm. I'm my reading writing comprehension, you know, isn't the greatest, but that's why I'm working on it. Yeah. But the slight edge, bro. I definitely, definitely recommend that to everybody. Word. Word. I like that. I like that. Um, next one, favorite cheat meal or like fast food chain spot that like is your go-to? It's not ideal to go to all the time, but it would have to be Crackle Barrel. I love Crackle yeah. Barrel. Yeah, yeah, you know all the old people be there. You know, what I'm saying? I know, I, yo, that that's, that's a spot, low key. I used to go there all the time as a kid. Yeah, I pop in the headphones and I get my mama's pancake breakfast or the extra stack or the extra stack. I don't know what they put in that. They put nicotine or something sprinkled in. Yo, they put hella sugar in that shit. I know. I'm like, yo, I don't care. They put, they put, it tastes great. But you know afterwards, you'd be like, this is not what I should be eating right now. Yeah, that coma hits. But I think, honestly, dude, you might be two for two for, I don't think anyone said Crackle Bear, right? Everyone's typically like Chipotle, Chick-fil-A, which nah, I understand, nah. but I like the Crackle Bear. I, I like that. I like that. That's it. different, bro. Um, next one is top podcast that you like to listen to or gain value from. Man, there's a, it's gotta be the, the Messiah, bro. Gary the Messiah. V audio. Experience. Yeah. That's it, bro. It's transitioned to a more longer extensive version. Yeah. But when I lost my scholarship, that's all I had in my ear. Constantly. I love it. Well, constantly Gary V, Gary V, Gary V, Gary V. And to see where, how much he's grown. Yeah. You know, him talking about empathy and self-awareness and be kind and be good to other people. That's what it's about. He's, a, he's shaped my emotional awareness. I don't know about you. You talk about it. I know. We both hear, we hear it in each other. 1,000%, bro. I mean, you know, for people that don't know who Gary Vee is, don't make your judgment on Gary Vee based on Instagram content. His Instagram is dope. He puts out a ton of micro content. But I think what Jay just said is, is, is spot on the life lessons and emotional intelligence that he has and that he's able to provide to young men like me and Jay that now people are putting emotional intelligence on a pedestal more than financial intelligence, more than, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you think about I that, can. that is so backwards. If you think about it in the eighties, nineties, everyone's like, Oh, but how much money do you make? It doesn't matter about if you're nice or not. Right. It doesn't matter how you treat your employees or how you treat people. The fact that the guy like that, who is an immigrant is able to, um, preach that message in such a way that people resonate with is very powerful and you know whether you whether you're an entrepreneur or not listen to gary v for his human elements and, and actually who he is as a person because dude i get this all the time jay we're like but dude I, i'm not an entrepreneur like i, I don't want to hear this guy cursing and, and rambling on i'm like bro if that's what you're thinking it's because you're making the assumption early before you really dissect and and see what this guy is about and where he came from in a sense and if you've listened to this podcast up to this point 
hearing both of us talk, and I guarantee you that the reason that both of us are where we are today emotionally is because of Gary. And I'll be 100%. spot on with it. You know what I'm saying? And 100%. that's just keeping it a buck. So, I mean, I highly do. It's one of my favorite podcasts as well. And, you know, it's funny, Jay. Like, last year, almost every single day I had Gary in my ear. But you know how Gary be also like, yo, it comes a point where you need to stop listening to my shit. And, just start oh my and that's how I've been, bro. Like, I need Gary every, like, once every week maybe where it's like it gives me that, that push again. But, like, at this point, I'm motivated. Like, I know what I need to do. It's just a matter of doing it, right? Because, dude, you and I both know his shit's the same stuff. It's over and over. I mean, I don't know. Everyone has a different video that hit home for them. But for me, I, it already hit. Like, I know. Like, what? I can't. Like, literally, Jay, I'd be listening to his shit on, like, even the TV Gary V. People be asking him shit. I'm like, bro, I already know what he's going to say. So for me. But it hits different every time. It does. You know, the, what hits different is that his ability to, to market and his ability to, you know, answer someone's question into a way that's going to help them professionally is what I hear. So when like physical therapists or fitness influencers go on there and they're wondering how to better market or how to better, you know, you know, uh, monetize their following, that's the shit I listen to versus the empathy, the kindness. I think at that point it's ingrained in here already. So yep. I look for more of the tactical stuff, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yo, Gary V audio experience. Go listen to that. Yep. Um, last one, bro. Um, favorite athlete of all time, any sport, any era, who is it? I only want to think about this. Number one person that comes to my mind is Jason Taylor, bro. And the mm-hmm. main, main reason I put him on top for me is because when I played defensive end, that's, that's who I was looking up to coming up. And yeah. when he won defensive uh, player of the year, I was like, and I got to see him. I actually went down to Miami and I saw him. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to go to that felt play defensive end. And just seeing the person he was, first off, the person he was to how he translated and the, the savage he was on the field, it just was so much for me that I could take away and be like, that. that's what I want to be like. End up, end up transferring to linebacker. But overall, Jason Taylor definitely was my, my favorite of all time. I, I love it. Dude. I mean, dude, you're, I mean, I don't know if anyone said Gary V's uh, audio experience. I mean, you might be four what? for four there in terms of new, four for four? new answers yeah. in the hot takes, man. I appreciate it. Jason Taylor, <laughs> man. First one, any Miami Dolphins fans, if you don't know who that is, you might be too young. <laughs> yeah, it might not be around that time. Dumb. All right, last two things, bro. Um, best way for someone to connect with you, man, whether it's, you know, a young entrepreneur, young athlete, um, what's the best way to reach out to Jay Sims, man? So the best way is first, um, J&J Official. It's just uh, J&J Official and the last is underscore. Um, that's my, like, that's the fitness and entertainment brand me and my best friend Jordan as well as my best friend Reese or have been um, – making and it's it's a perfect combination of fitness and entertainment and, and we're rebranding to make it into something more community-based so it can revolve around positivity as well um but that and as well as jaded j it's uh j-a-d-e-d-j and then underscore and jaded is uh it's a oxymoron for who i am it's it's lacking enthusiasm and uh, energy. That's what jaded means. So that's an oxymoron. So that's why, like, <laughs> like no one, that. no one knows that. No one knows that. But uh, it's my little thing of like who I am. No, I I like that. It, it's it means something to you, and that's all. Yeah. You know what I'm so yep, I, yep, yep. I'll put that in the show notes. We got J and J official underscore, and then jaded J underscore. I'll put that in the show notes, you guys. So um, feel free reach out to uh reach out to Jay, whether it's through uh, DMing, commenting on his stuff, whatever it might be. Um, but dude, that's awesome. Last thing, bro. One of my favorite parts of the show, honestly, this is the final take. And this is basically where I leave it up for you to kind of close us out as we finish this podcast. And whether it's a question, piece of motivation, something encouraging, or dude, honestly, it could be something since we've been all in quarantine that you've just been thinking about. Um, but this is kind of your time to just take over the floor, bro, and, and close us out here. I think from the basis of everything we've talked about to this point, it comes to believing you can overcome any given circumstance understanding if you feel like you're being attacked, especially right now during quarantine, if you feel like a lot's happening right now, just notice there's something great coming behind it. You may not, and like we talked about, you may not always have the answers, but the answers are gonna come. And the issues that you have, just know those issues, it's, it's, it's those issues are gonna breed, you know, it's, it's not about how you look at the problem. It's, it's, it's not how, the pro- it's not the problem, it's, it's about how you look at the problem fully. And you need to understand that. And the issues you may be going through right now, it's, it's okay. Because everyone's going through them at mm-hmm. the end of the day. 
And, um, and when, when that struggle hits and you feel like it's something's hitting you, hitting you, hitting you, there's something great coming behind it. And I fully believe that. And you should be like, bet, give me yeah. more, give me more, bro. I need more, please. Because, because that's what makes you stronger. That's what breeds that self-awareness and you not giving a fuck about anybody else's opinion, bro. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. And so just believing you can overcome, I think was the basis of what we talked about here. Yeah. And it's not about the problem. It's about how you look at it. And, and it's time to be great and be disciplined and, and get, get, get to the, get to the money and get to the, get to, get to knowing yourself into better things, bro. And I'm happy we met, bro. I'm so, I was so hyped about this all week. I was so hyped about this all week. I was like, let's go. Let's go. Man, y'all heard it here first, man. Jay, dude, I, I want to just say thank you, man. Thanks for taking the time and being a guest, dude. I think, you know, that little closing you said right there, um, how you respond to adversity, dude, just like, let that, let that sink in. If you're listening to this right now, like, how you respond to your failure, like, like Jay said, right? That's going to be your overcoming um, big step, right? That's going to be your next big hurdle. So, dude, it was dope connecting, bro. Dope actually getting a talk. And, like, the dopest thing about the podcast, bro, is, like, this opportunity here. We talk for an hour, and, like, I get to know you better. You get to know me better. And it's uh, something that our, this, this relationship, this connection, it'll, it'll keep um, ev- evolutionary. It'll keep evolving in a sense. And um, I just appreciate you being a guest, bro. No, definitely. And it was beautiful. And, uh I think uh, there's so much that just taken away and I'm finally, I'm happy we got to meet and I'm hoping this provides a decent amount of value to your audience. And, and I'm excited to see what is else coming forward. I'm trying to get on this fight football team. I know we're going to chat, man. And um, we'll definitely do, maybe I'll have you on as a guest again and get an update on how uh, Jay's life's going, but um, I appreciate you being a guest, man. And this is episode 43 of the athletes marathon podcast. My name is Matt Choi and we are signing off. Doses. Thank you for listening to the Athletes Marathon podcast. We want to make sure you stay connected with our guests, so we'll have access to the show notes and our latest episodes on our website. Head over to www.theathletesmarathon.com, and if you enjoyed the podcast, we would love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next week, thanks again for listening.